Today's Total Soccer Show was recorded in a car on the way to Baltimore, on our way to the United Soccer Coaches Convention. It's a weird episode, but a good one, I promise. It's also sponsored by Robin Hood. With Robin Hood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount. So it lets you buy stocks in companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla for as little as a dollar. No commissions, no account minimums. So join the 10 million Robinhood users and get started with a free stock by going to totalsoccer.robinhood.com. That's totalsucker.robinhood.com. Here's the disclosure. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. And welcome to a Total Soccer Show Automobile Special. <laughs> My name is Daryl Grove and I'm joined by the man behind the wheel. His name is Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello. Uh, Daryl's mother instructed me to keep both hands on the wheel at all times. So yep. I'm going to do my best to do that while talking. And pay attention to the road, as yes. she said. That's and what she said. Start gesticulating wildly and turn to face you, and then we drive off the road, and that's the end of that. Please do not. So we are on the way to Baltimore for the United Soccer Coaches Convention. And we thought this would be a great time to do uh, um, annual, I'm going to call it annual, uh, ask us anything special. Is it an annual thing now? Is that what you've decided? We've done it one year in a row so far. <laughs> Once you do it a second year... It's annual. Sure. Um, so we're aware that this could seem self-indulgent. If you're a new listener and you're like four episodes in, maybe you started listening when we joined the, the Atlantic, you're thinking, these guys are doing... Did we join the Atlantic too? We, oh, did I say that? Yeah, I believe oh, you did. I made the classic mistake. When we joined the Athletic, <laughs> um, you might be wondering why we're doing a whole episode answering personal questions. We just do this once a year. We don't do this every four days. Right, right. <laughs> that would and be weird. We've done a Reddit, Reddit AMA, so maybe some of these answers will be on there as well. Maybe some of the ones that we're not going to answer will be on there as well. Okay, okay. So are you ready to start this one out on Twitter? So we have sure. many, many questions. Um, I'm going to start us off with Dimitri Dubey. Dimitri Dubey asks, will it be easier to get Brian McBride on the pod now that you are part of The Athletic? Uh, I would assume yes. But marginally so is, yeah. I guess, the way I would answer that because it probably gives us a little more cred. That said, the Athletic will probably want one of their writers to introduce us, maybe, maybe introduce him rather, or interview him. Maybe they'll let us just sit in the background and record that audio, <laughs> and we can put it out ourselves. I think it just all depends on whether U.S. Soccer want McBride to be interviewed by um, all the soccer media. Yeah, if they do, we can get in on it. But I don't think we'll be able to sort of. Uh, bust down the door if only Stuart is uh, <laughs> keeping the door closed. All right, yes. next question comes from the Cooligans. What, Uh-oh. A, what a strange name. Um, how excited are you guys? It to- sounds like half of them are cool. That's <laughs> what it feels like. How excited are you guys that you're going to see Alexis Guerreros? How bummed are you that Christian Polanco will also be there? <laughs> I'm excited to see them do stand-up. Um, yes. But no, no pressure to the Cooligans who will almost certainly, if they hear this at all, hear it after we have seen them do stand-up. Yeah. But we were on tour with them, and between like meeting them before we were on tour, being on tour, and then seeing them after, I think we have seen their act but like around 10 to 15 times at this point. Yes. So if there's not new material, I will be booing. That is my plan. 
Balls in their court. I will say I've only ever once before, is when we first met them, mm-hmm. seen them without us having to do something afterwards. So I'm looking forward to watching them perform without us having to do anything. Yes. Yeah, that, that makes sense because usually we're worried about our own thing. Or even like, yeah. what, like we saw them go perform once in Chicago, but even that was like on a stop on the way to having to do something else that and night. We were performing that night. Oh, no, I think it was, remember that they did one show like because they're trying to cram in dates because they're actual comedians who have actual gigs to do. <laughs> so we went and saw them, but then I think we had like another event and then a party after that. And so it was still like stuff to be done. Yep. I look forward to kind of sitting and lingering and watching them do their sets and then respond to the audience afterwards that's always fun too an all new jokes right a whole new set I mean I would hope so I would expect nothing else Uh, we're going across a bridge right now by the way okay in case people are wondering what is happening to my vehicle (laughs) it's not in danger right we don't need to call it mechanic blame the Potomac River I think we get free access to Pablo Mara's mechanic skills since we joined (laughs) the athletic I'm pretty sure I mean I hope so (laughs) next question Akil Kumar Akil Kumar says D hope your recovery is going well are you back to playing footy the answer is as of last night yes after six months out with all kinds of health issues I was back on the not on the field but on the on the futsal court <laughs> yeah we did our, our street soccer practice we started that back up Daryl was out there running around looked good was I there hung was, I really, back. was I really running around or was I, mean, I standing in defence I think it benefits you that you weren't like a box to box central midfielder at least not when we were playing for the street soccer team yeah so because of that you were the centre back who tended to stay back anyway so it looked like you were just doing your normal job there we go fair enough yeah um, second question from Akil uh, T and D would you make a bet or forfeit on air based on whether Wolves or Man United finishes higher in the table the answer is no would I make a forfeit how do you make a forfeit well like a bet slash forfeit like if your team finishes lower you have to do X is, is that called a forfeit yep did is. not know that alright but I'm, I'm not getting involved in this because I think Man United will easily, easily finish higher than Wolves you think so yeah because Man United are going for Champions League Wolves are going for finishing in the Europa League spots basically right let's have you say more nice things about Manchester United go ahead well how about if they finish above Wolves we'll just put your United jersey on the door for the entire summer uh, that's that's fine okay. that is fine with me I think we we did leave after that result was final today so we have not yet switched yes. your Wolves jersey out so it's still there erroneously I would add <laughs> we did promise some coverage of the TSS derby we did. Uh, Man United v Wolves in the FA Cup third round replay we actually got the day wrong we thought we could watch it yesterday and do a full review so let's do a quick tactical analysis of uh, what we I mean I kind of watched it while I was packing mm. and then we rewatched the goal um, in my apartment right just to make sure we'd seen it properly um, I'm going to say that what happened is Man United really only managed to get behind Wolves when Wolves are committed to an attack yeah because it's what uh, United are attacking Wolves counter-attack they win the ball uh, I think off Andres Pereira I think it was and then Wolves are able to attack United get the ball back but I think Wolves decide to commit those numbers forward yeah they pressure to... they pressure Harry Maguire in yeah. the corner right and he does about a 720 degree <laughs> outside of the foot spin he does the spin ball with about 10 touches yeah which all credit like it doesn't yeah. look comfortable but he no. was comfortable and then he like essentially banged it down the line but uh, Martial did a good job of bodying Connor Cody and then a beautiful little ball through to Juan Mata and a nice chip from Juan Mata over John Ridley it was and but to your point like I think we went back to watch it just like one more time together before we hit the road we watched like a couple minutes before and in that there was a moment when Nemanja Matic sort of did what Harry Maguire did like I think he did a full 720 spin on the ball only this time it was about 25 yards from Wolf's goal yeah. and it was just there was nothing on there wasn't a lot of 
movement, a lot of options for Manchester United. So it felt like kind of the same thing. But then with Wolves committing numbers forward, it opened them up just that one time to a counterattack, and United took that chance. Yeah, that's the story of the game. If Wolves sat back, they really did have Man United on lockdown. Yeah. But as soon as they committed numbers forward, there was always a danger. It really, right. it really felt like one of those games. Like it's the cliche, but nobody wants a replay. So like Nuno maybe happier to have lost. Oh, than this to have one. Had another game. No, this one was going to penalties. Yeah, well, then um, he just didn't want that. You only get maybe, one replay in the FA Cup. Maybe he's afraid days. of penalties. Travis Clark, Travis Clark of Top Draw Soccer asks, why did you decide to leave at 3 p.m. and hit DC right at rush hour? Yeah, I answered this on Twitter thinking it was an actual question, and he responded, no, that was for the show, because we went 301. We took Route 301, which bypasses DC, uh, because there's no way I'm going anywhere near 95 within three hours of rush hour, because I-95 north or south around DC, again, within three hours of rush hour, is a nightmare. But 301 is fine. 301 is fine, and that's where we're on right now. And we also actually left at like 4.40, right? Because we yeah, stuck around that. to watch the end yeah. of that game. Um, Justin Miller, what are each of your top five favorite beers and your favorite brewery in Richmond? I'm not that well qualified to answer this because I'm not a massive beer guy. But mm. So let's go first with Taylor. You've got top five favorite beers. That's... That's tough because, like, I, I am not very refined in my beer drinking. Like, I like a lot no of one's gonna, No one's going to judge you. Which, well, which five do you like drinking? No, it, you know, what I mean to say is more that, like, I don't... Like, I was watching a podcast yesterday when somebody asked Stone Cold this question. Like, he was talking about beer, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Brewing, obviously. <laughs> and, well, he said he has his own custom beer now that he talked a lot about. But he, he began this by saying, like, I'm not much of a beer guy. I don't really know. But, like, this one hit me in the front of the palate. And I, I don't even know what that means. So, for me, it's just sort of like I like drinking a lot of things from Triple Crossing. That is probably my favorite brewery. Triple Crossing. In right. Richmond. What's yeah. your favorite beer at Triple Crossing? The question is, uh, what are your top five I'd favorite say beers? Clever Girl is up there for me, named okay. after Jurassic Park. So, that's always a sweet spot. As is uh, uh, Falcon Smash is another good one. Those are both sort of hazy, cloudy, juicy IPAs. Uh, late, especially after Germany, I've come around on Pilsners. So, mm. like, Pilsner or Kel is always a good way to go. The Hardywood Pilsner out of Richmond again. That one's pretty solid. I'm trying to think what else I've really, really enjoyed. Uh, you, when's the last time you drank beer, Daryl? It's been a while. It's really? Been a while. I, I can now drink uh, maybe one drink a day, mm-hmm. a couple of times a couple of times a week. Mm-hmm. I normally go with red wine, All right. uh, given, that, the, given those limitations. That's a good choice. And then my... my my recent one that I have sort of rediscovered as my like cheap go-to option is Labatt Blue Light, uh, which is near and dear to my wife and her family's heart because that Buffalo? tends to be a, yeah exactly yeah. Buffalo beer. Uh, I went to watch they the Bills play. It, they smuggle it over the border, right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, but I went to a, a bar in Richmond that sort of is a Buffalo Bills bar uh, with a buddy of mine and my brother-in-law, who's a Bills fan. We drank uh, a decent amount of Labatt Blue or slash Blue Light. And it was terrific. So that's become my new sort isn't of cheap it, beer. Isn't it just like Coors Light or Miller Light or any of the domestic light beers? What's different about it? I mean, I, I, I think it probably is. Uh, I've heard Miller Light from our friend Dan Fontaine that, like, of the cheap beers, Miller Light tends to have, like, the most flavor, the kind of most bang for your buck at that level. So I feel like they're all sort of similar. There's not that much difference. Uh, Blue Light is a Pilsner instead of, like, a lager or anything like that. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit lighter in my mind. And then I just kind of like the taste a little bit more because I was programmed to not like Miller products from a young age. How about reverse marketing? Yeah. Reverse marketing. All right. Justin King. They're all owned by like three companies. Right. So it doesn't yeah. really matter. Maybe even fewer than that. Probably. Justin King says, name one time where, quote unquote, creative differences put a strain on the team. The team is you and me, I think. And bonus points for how you can laugh about it now. Um, so we had this question. This was the only one that I think Daryl gave me ahead of time to think about. Yeah. And... 
we kind of struggled to find times that there were like true creative differences. I think every now and then we'll have, and I've, we, and lately I've just been sort of asking you ahead of time, but there were times when we would interpret questions a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah, I'd interpret would, it correctly and you would do the opposite. Sure, if that's how you would like to go with it. <laughs> uh, and so I think that was maybe the only one where it would be like, well, I took it this way, you took it that way. Even then that wasn't like a big argument. And we do get this a lot because I think there's an expectation that we're around each other so much we're in a small space that we are talking about emotionally charged topics eventually it's going to bleed over and eventually it does there's always you know sort of moments where there's stresses and some massive massive fist fights <laughs> um, but yeah I don't I don't know if that's creative differences as much as it is yeah. just every now and then but I just... think I think we shouldn't interpret interpreting the question differently yeah. I, think, I think we shouldn't interpret creative differences so specifically as creative differences like I want to do a show about transfers you want yeah. to do a show about something else I think he basically means any disagreements when you're when you're putting the show together and I think you've hit the I really think you've hit the right one which is when we get this into questions we sometimes interpret them differently yeah. or when we're looking at a quote from a coach or a player mm-hmm. we'll think it means a different thing and I, in the end I think it's a strength on the show because then we get to look at it from two different angles right yeah. I think we sort of we can argue it out a little bit in studio and then discuss it um, it makes us think about it more so then we can discuss it rationally and backing up why we see it that way once we hit record. Yeah, and, and it's really interesting. I would agree with that. And I would say, like, I was going to add that I tend to be a little bit more conspiratorial than you. So sometimes I read into stuff a little bit more or I'll make some jumps. But then simultaneously you will be like, well, that connects to this. Or you'll kind of see connectivity between quotes. So I think we both do it in different amounts. And then yeah. it's, so it's not even really like one of us tends to do this, one of us tends to do that. It really varies. But yeah, it really comes down to just sometimes we'll like disagree on the point of a question or what the question is actually asking we just disagree on what things mean yeah basically. which sounds insurmountable but somehow we've, we've made it work um, <laughs> Dan Vaughan Dan Vaughan soccer barista um, who runs Protagonist Soccer which is the website about low league soccer um, my question how do I grow the protagonist brand to rivalry level with TSS and The Athletic do I need investors more patrons smart partnerships day jobs suck I'd love some business advice uh, you tend to be the more business savvy of the two of us I feel like do you have any thoughts on that one uh, I mean investors obviously would help yeah. right? if you have like massive uh, like venture capital behind you to start you can you can go very far mm-hmm. um, I would say do we uh, know anybody who has like a large amount of venture capital behind them that's funding a bunch of soccer content I think the Atlantic magazine <laughs> um, so the, actually the thing I would genuinely say to Dan is protagonist because it's about lower league soccer there's only so much market mm-hmm. right like the, the advantage we have is we talk about you, we're, we're interested in things that also have like popular appeal right like the US men's national team is maybe the most talked about team in the country even when they're not doing well maybe even more so when they're not doing well so I'd argue maybe it's not possible for protagonist lower league soccer stuff to be big 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 because I don't know like an Atlanta United fan isn't necessarily going to be interested in what's going on with Chattanooga yeah and I think I think it, at least it's not like such uh, a category that like people would be into it so that forgive me I'm, I'm rambling to try to get to my idea but basically you've heard me talk about this before it's like the sitcom cartoon idea of it always happens in Family Guy the premise of every episode of Family Guy is Peter starts doing a thing and then gets huge with it and the whole town is following him or the whole town goes to their bakery or whatever it is yeah. Simpsons does the same thing that doesn't really exist and certainly when you're talking about lower league soccer the Plow King wasn't a good business idea <laughs> I think it was <laughs> see okay but that's a great example that like if you are the Plow 
plow king. How often do you need a plow? How often do you need your driveway paid? Like maybe every now Isn't and then. Isn't that how the episode ends? Spoiler alert for a very old Simpsons episode. <laughs> it just uh, it stops snowing. Right. And so you've <laughs> got Mr. To f- plow and the plow king go out of business. So you've got to find other ways to hustle. And that's kind of what it comes down to is that it's not going to blow up overnight. You're not going to have a million people listening. So you've got to kind of stay on that hustle, keep trying to find new people to come on, new ways to promote it, new areas to explore that might be of appeal to other people. But I think really the big thing for you and me was sort of along the way having those moments where we were like, oh, wow, that person is listening. Oh, we got this really nice piece of feedback. Yeah. And that's not probably not what you're looking for in terms of making money right away. But at least if you can see those signs that growth is happening, that people are listening, that people are enjoying what you're doing, then it stands to reason that if you're getting that like even in small amounts, it shows that people are listening and you're moving in the right direction. And then maybe long term, it grows from there. I'd say, Dan, if you have any specific questions, definitely email me. I'd be happy to sort of talk because we could do a whole show just about this. Right? Yeah. Uh, but we're happy to talk off air via email, via phone, whatever you need. Um, next question, Christian Geppert. Christian Geppert, um, if you wouldn't do a podcast, who would be the car DJ and what would you listen to? It, on the way up yeah. we, we, we tend to not really listen to stuff I feel like you and me on the way up we, we end up chatting, chatting the whole time Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know who would be the DJ Daryl I think it would be you because it's your car because mm-hmm. you're more into music and because I never object to any of your musical taste <laughs> you basically have a wider musical knowledge and wider interest so I always think if I get in your car and you are playing music it might be someone I've heard of, or someone I know and like, or it might be someone I've never heard of, but there's a good chance I'll actually like them. So I would definitely cede the controls to you every single time. That, that's nice of you to say. It's interesting to hear you say, because I would kind of assume that you have more depth of your musical taste. You know more about music than no, I No, I listen to the same seven bands oh, okay. <laughs> Are you like my brother who whenever I ask him about anybody new, my brother who works in a record store, he'll say, like, I haven't listened to new music in 10 years. I Not no deliberately. Idea. I wish I listened to All new right. music. I'm just kind of stuck in 2005. <laughs> The Strokes, are they still big? Are you still big on Britney Spears? Is that what it is? He's <laughs> waiting for low-rise jeans to come but back? It, it really is for me, those guitar bands from like early to mid-2000s, uh-huh. like Strokes, Maximo yeah. Park, like stuff like that is what I like. Yeah, I really should get out of that rut. But, yeah, there needs to be a HelloFresh for, for music. One what, what of my brother's, <laughs> like, I think, saddest moments, uh, this is a bit hipster, uh, involves The Strokes. Where, like, I think the first time he saw them was before their first record came out. Like He, he had heard some buzz. He went and saw them at the 930 Club in D.C. They were like, you know, 20 people there, but everybody was super into it. And the next time he saw them was after their album came out and it was all like 13 year old girls. <laughs> and he's just like, this is not what I expected to be the case. <laughs> the other thing I like is uh, singer songwriters, mm-hmm. um, like say Billy Bragg, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan, um, the Mountain Goats. I love the Mountain Goats. I feel like that's maybe one thing that I'm more into I like, than you. I like- Two out of those three things. There we go. Which one don't you like? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. I, I, have, I have two Bob Dylan records. He's fine. I just. He's fine. He's whatever. I don't know. Just he's so. He's been waiting all these years for your review. I mean, he has not been waiting <laughs> for anyone's review because he does not care. I think he hasn't done an interview in a really long time and he clearly. If ever there were a person but, who does not like since, being a rock star, it's him. Since we joined The Athletic, maybe we could get Bob Dylan. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, Hoffman FC. Hoffman FC says. The earlier tweet from Soccer Cooligans, well done Hoffman FC, reading the timeline to make sure you're not repeating a question. The tweet from Soccer Cooligans made me wonder how you guys control the Twitter. Are you both logged into the TSS account or do you have to take turns? 
Uh, we both stay logged in. Uh, I sign with a capital T. You sign with a lowercase d. Yep. Um, I tend the re- to... The reason I do that is if I sign with an uppercase d, it looks like a weird smiley face. Oh, yeah. It's annoying when it tries to autocorrect when you like like have a signature like that. Yep. Like, no, I did not mean a smiley face with a tongue sticking out or something. <laughs> um, I think we, we're both on it. Uh, you probably are on it more often than I am to the extent that if I'm going to retweet something, I will usually check to see if you've already done it first. I if- should do that and I keep forgetting. <laughs> That's fine. There's often double retweets. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, we're both logged into it more or less all the time. When Mm -hmm. I open my phone, it's on. Yeah. And luckily, Twitter lets you have two two accounts logged in at the same time. The one battle that I do have with our Twitter is that, like, I tweeted something from my account once that two different people were like, tweet that from the TSS account, you coward. I forget (laughs) who I was making fun of. It was a lighthearted, it was lighthearted banter. (laughs) But I do have, like, even though you and I tend to share a lot of beliefs or at least perspectives yeah. I still have moments where I'm like I don't know if Daryl wants me tweeting that from TSS I don't know if he wants that uh, that rain to come down on him as well oh interesting I'm going to ask you about that up there that's fair um, alright question from Marie Therese Reyes mm-hmm. Marie asks um, what did you major in in college is it related to sports or broadcasting I think no on both counts nope um, how many hours do you put in for the podcast on a weekly basis and why did Daryl migrate to the US alright so three questions mm-hmm. what did you major in in college Taylor history anthropology and sociology I did English literature. All right. So I would argue neither related to sports or broadcasting, but both related to like critical thinking and analyzing things. Mm -hmm. So I went to a school for 1,100 people that did not have a journalism program. You could design your own major. I was going to maybe do that. And then I met with my financial advisor who essentially said, undergrad in journalism doesn't mean anything. You have to go to grad school in order to be like a proper journalist. So just major in what you want to major in but study some areas that are equivalent. And yeah. my area of interest was mostly cultural anthropology, sociology, which is why I went that route as well. So this is really interesting to me. I feel like in the United States, mm-hmm. because it's a big financial investment, yeah. um, your what you choose to do in college almost has to relate to a future career. Mm-hmm. Where at least when I was going to college, which was a while ago in England, right? it was only, I was the first generation to have to pay tuition fees and it was a thousand pounds a year. <laughs> now it's 9,000, but it's only a thousand. A lot of people that I went to college with or went to university with uh-huh. were very much just like, yeah, I'm studying this because I like it. You know what I mean? And yeah. You can figure out job stuff afterwards. It didn't have to link directly to a job. And that's how I approached it. I mean, that's what I, how I meant to approach it. But then I ended up uh, majoring in the things I said I majored in and outside of being an archaeologist, not so many opportunities there. <laughs> uh, next question from... Marie. Well, you know, how did you migrate here? I'm saying next question from Marie. Oh, gotcha. Sorry, 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 sorry. Are you doubting my abilities to host a soccer podcast? I mean, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on over there in the, in the, uh, the navigator seat. Next question, straight ahead, straight ahead. <laughs> next question from Marie was, um, how many hours do you put in for the podcasts on a weekly basis? This is a tough one, right? Because it's in studio. Mm-hmm. Say we're there five days a week. I would say when we meet in studio, like an average day is what, four hours? <laughs> That's what we always budget, but I feel like we end up we end up going long. Okay, uh, yeah. I, as as exemplified by the fact that we don't listen to music in the car, we end up talking the whole way. We end up talking in the office too. So even if we meet at like that one to record, I feel like usually it's about three o'clock by the time we actually I, get around to sitting down and recording. If I was doing like an accounting of our time, I would call that like working on our relationship, working <laughs> on our rapport. I mean, so we're usually still, talking about stuff within the, that we're going to talk yeah, about on the show. There we go. Yeah. So would you, would you grant me four hours a week, four hours per day? In the office, uh, we're not in, in the office. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then outside, there's a lot of like we'll know we're, that we're going to meet up and talk about this specific mm-hmm. thing. So I'll spend a lot of time at home, basically researching into the night, yeah. watching watching soccer on TV. Mm-hmm. I think when you add all that up, it's probably a horrific number of hours. But some of those yeah. things are fun, right? I would be watching soccer anyway, so it's hard to it's hard to count that as work. 
If you're wondering why the background noise is gone, we're at a red light. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's tough to really quantify because, like, to do the weekend review, normally that's, like, at least six hours on Sunday night. Yeah. Um, sometimes more, sometimes a little bit less, but generally about that. So, like, you have those sort of things, and then if we're watching a game together, usually if there's a national team game, we'll rewatch that. So, like, it's rewatching and watching stuff, which, to your point, it's weird to call that work, but yeah. it is. But I also think that, like, my wife kind of knows that I'm never not working. Not to say that I'm, like, always working and a workaholic, but just that we get tweets and we get messages and we get emails. And it, it is not a surprise if Daryl me- messages me at, like, 1.30. Like, hey, did you see that news? Or, hey, did we, we forgot to do this. We got, like, it kind of, I feel like you and I keep fairly erratic schedules. And yeah. so I'm always working. Mind, there's always some little bit of work to be done. I'm always working to fix it. I want a more regular schedule uh-huh. and there's always something that blows me off course and I find it really hard to get back on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think once going to bed after one o'clock becomes normal, it's really hard for that not to be normal. Yeah. So I find that like it'll be 12.30 and I'm like, oh, I still got half an hour before it's yeah. late. And then it's if, you, thing. And if, it's, if one becomes your regular bedtime and then you quote unquote stay up late, yeah. staying up late is like 3.30 a.m. and suddenly everything's out of whack. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Oh, okay, final question from Marie mm-hmm. is, and why did Daryl migrate to the U.S.? I'll take this one. Okay. No, I won't take this one. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, my wife. So I met my wife in grad school. She's from Detroit. Um, we, I came to visit in Detroit. Uh, then we, Shannon, my wife, had friends down in Richmond, Virginia. It's taking all my strength not to do a poor Adam press. So we went down. <laughs> Aaron West does not have that strength. <laughs> um, <laughs> we went down to, uh, to Richmond to visit um, Shannon's friends. Aaron West. <laughs> um, and decided basically we could move here. I didn't know Taylor was here. I didn't know all the soccer was there. But it, it worked out very nicely. But basically, um, I moved for love. <laughs> Adorbs. Um, next question. Um, no, I guess I did that too, just in the opposite direction. <laughs> no UH. No UH. Would love to know the make and model of the car so I can match yours comfortability when listening. Uh, it is a 2013 Hyundai Elantra, the pinnacle of luxury. Uh, my wife and I both uh, got rid of our cars when we, when we went abroad. When we moved back, we realized we needed one, so this is what we could... Uh, afford on our record store and Trader Joe's uh, salaries. <laughs> also, it's a blue one. It is a blue one. That's yes. what I know about it. Um, My brother constantly asks me if I'm going to Tokyo Drift places. <laughs> Beardless Jack. Beardless Jack asks, would you ever consider doing a Soccer 101 type of podcast for a different sport? Um, for different sports... Probably not, because I don't... Like, you and I like other sports, but there's nothing that really connects us like I like I think you, you would you want to do what uh, cricket and darts and polo those are the three that you'd most want to do is that right <laughs> I would see I wouldn't know like I kind of like cricket but yeah. I absolutely don't know enough about it to even come close to doing a soccer 101 type show so for that reason my answer is no yeah I think we've talked or maybe maybe we haven't talked maybe I've thought about doing other sort of ones that like I had uh, I was having a long maybe not sober conversation with my other brother-in-law about true crime being the most popular and we were like speculating on if you could do a true crime soccer 101 podcast about like different crimes that have happened match fixing and different events like that you probably could do something along those lines but that's still in the same sport so I don't know if that qualifies kind of but not for the question we got asked Fair enough. <laughs> um, all right before we get to more questions mm-hmm. today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. 
So we all know that a VPN protects your privacy and security online. I feel like our listeners do at this point because we keep saying it. Hmm. Um, but it also allows you to take your TV watching game to the next level. You can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. I believe on the Weekend Review show, Taylor, uh, mm-hmm. Ryan and I talked about Gavin and Stacey. Yes. Um, how did you enjoy Gavin and Stacey when you, when you went and watched Oh, it was terrific. It's my, I think the best parts are when Gavin and Stacey are talking. And doing the things that Gavin and Stacey... I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Okay, but if you wanted to see it... Of course I haven't seen it. You could use ExpressVPN um, to tell your computer that your IP address is in the UK. Yep. And then you could watch BBC iPlayer, which is kind of supposed to be only for people in the UK. ExpressVPN lets you get around those rules. I hope no one at the BBC has ever listened to our show, as much as I wish that they did, because, you know, what's up, BBC? But then they might know this and try to lock us out all the more. And if they did, I'm sure ExpressVPN would find a way to get around that one. Uh, like maybe even giving you other ways to look as though you're in England, aside from like the dominant one. That was what happened to me once or twice that you had to point out like, we'll just switch to a different one that says you're still in England and that works Yeah, fine. because it's not, you don't just choose the UK. You right. can choose like UK, London, Docklands mm-hmm. or right. UK, Birmingham. Weirdly, when I chose UK, Birmingham, it said, are you sure? Are you sure you want to be from there? <laughs> How very dare you. And it's not just the BBC. It's often I go to because they have great, great content. Yeah. Um, it's also Netflix. So you can watch Japanese Netflix or Dutch Netflix. Um, and uh, any streaming services as well, like Hulu, YouTube, basically all the streaming services. Um, there are hundreds of VPNs out there, but this is the best one because it's nice and fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in high definition with no problem. People may be noticing that I'm doing the majority of this ad read. Mm-hmm. That's because Taylor promised my mom he would keep his eyes on the road. Yep and not look at the copy. Um, so if you visit the link right now, expressvpn.com slash TSS, you'll get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. So support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash TSS. I like I've made an error in the copy. It should be protect yourself. Protect yourself. Yeah. Um, Donna and uh, Tom have it for the style. Protect yourself. Um, okay, I'm going to um, just delay slightly while I go mm-hmm. back to Twitter. There we Please go. Do. That's faster than I expected. All right. Next question comes from Brochar. Jim Brochar. I've always wondered how you do the episodes where Daryl and Taylor are in different locations but avoid the poor audio quality of a phone call. Um, I think it's usually just that you take your microphone with you, correct? Yes. So when we're on the road, Daryl's got a mic, I've got a mic. If it's reversed, I will always bring my mic, my mic with me. Uh, so that's one way. I think we also both are pretty focused on good sound quality. So when we are apart, we'll try to find places that are conducive to audio without being super duper duper echoey. Yes. So that's kind of maybe some of the technical side. But then I know there's other more specific points of how we record and how we file share as well. And the, the really basic one is that we use um, a USB mic, yep. which means you can easily uh, travel with it. It's the ATR2100, mm-hmm. uh, ATR2100 USB mic. It's easy to take it with you, and then you just literally plug it into your laptop via USB. You don't really need a mixing board or anything like that. You don't need to get any fancy stuff, and you get a really good sound out of it, right? right. So, and then we uh, connect via Skype, which... I don't know, I feel like Skype has improved the last few years, which yeah. is really reliable at this oh, point. I would say that I would agree with you. One of the things that Daryl, like, I didn't quite believe in the beginning, because when we were initially, when I was first back in the country, I was up in, like, Northern Virginia area, you were in Richmond, so we would do every show over Skype. And it is the case that you really can't load anything else. That is still the secret to making Skype run smoothly yes. and not have a bunch of delay, is if 
I forget to look up where wolves are on the table, let's say, and I go to load that page. Top half, that, mate. Top half. That's when you will always see. Weirdly, it doesn't just say top half. Um, <laughs> you will always get Skypiness because it's now running multiple things and things are trying to load, and that's where you run into problems. I would say a good thing to do if you're a podcaster um, is if you do need to look something up in the middle of a show, whether you're on Skype or not, do it on your phone. Yeah. Because when people are typing on their laptop and Googling something, you honestly can hear it. And mm. it, to, for me, it takes me out of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would agree and with that. And doubly so on Skype because it, it causes some weird lag, right? You've got to yeah. dedicate your entire system to Skype and then you don't get any problems. And then we use uh, Ecamm Call Recorder. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, so we'll, I'll record on my side, you'll record on your side, and then sometimes you'll send me your audio. That's, that's what Ryan Bailey does is he records on his end, sends me his audio, and then I put them both together so you get... Uh, one mic recorded where I am, one mic recorded where he is, so the audio sounds just a little bit better. That said, if you're just recording both sides from like my end, it still ends up sounding pretty good, I think, provided the person is using a mic and not screaming into a cell phone in a crowded space. <laughs> Actually, a cell phone's okay if it's quiet, right? Because the yeah. mics on cell phones are literally designed to be spoken into. True. The thing that doesn't work is speaking into your laptop mic. No, it does Those not. things are not that good. <laughs> no, not so much. Okay, we got a question from James Lambert. Do you mm-hmm. know James Lambert? We're yes, going to see him this weekend. Will we? Yep. Oh, yes, of um, course we will. Since it just got condemned, favorite RFK memory? Um, I, I talked about it on our live show in D.C. I think it was in Ben Olsen's final game as a player... There was a free kick given. He put the ball down and took it as quickly as he could, as hard as he could, kicked it into the either the back of the head or just the back of a, of the opponent who had fouled him. Gets a red card, gets sent off. That's his final game. But it wasn't just that moment. It was also that we were there with like my cousin and her now husband, then boyfriend, who were both not so into soccer. And I think it was raining, and we were like seated in the upper deck at RFK, even more especially. So it was just a weird place to be with people who were sort of like, okay, I guess we'll go see soccer in a half-empty, not even half-empty, like eight-full stadium. Yeah. Just, it was just a series of strange events that stand out of my mind. Uh, my favorite trip there was actually my first ever time there. And just getting a feel for the um, the bouncy fiberglass, mm-hmm. uh, the fiberglass uh, stand. I'd never been in a stand that bounced before, mm-hmm. so that was kind of exciting. And then uh, they took me to the concourse at halftime, and I saw the drum circle. What game was this? I do not know. It was DC United okay. versus opponent. Who who were you with? Um, was it not you? I don't. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe it was. was or maybe that... or maybe it was Josh and Albert. It might have been back in those days. All right. Yeah. Because we also went to uh, the USA Cuba game together, did we not? We did. Right. Yeah. Which I think was my se- my that didn't top my list. My second or third date with my wife, I think it was really early <laughs> on. Uh, she rode in a crowded car with I think four other people to that game with us. <laughs> All right. I'm scrolling through. What else we got? Old Joe. Old mm-hmm. Joe, who doesn't look that old in his profile Twitter, <laughs> uh, Twitter profile. More of a selfish question, as I only started listening to TSS at the end of 2018, but would love to hear how the show got to where it is today, origin, growth over time, etc. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this could be a long answer. Yeah. Um, how about I do it so it stays a little short? Sounds good. <laughs> All right, so we started the show in 2009 on public radio in Richmond. Um, we did that for a couple of years. We released it as a podcast in 2010, right, to begin with. And we slowly saw the podcast numbers grow. Then we started doing a second show where we would sneak in to the public radio mm-hmm. station and do the weekend review. Um, second the, episode, but yeah. yeah second yeah. episode a week. Yeah, I was like, yeah. we had two shows at one point? What? <laughs> I was confused. Second episode a week. Yeah. Um, and then the big thing was in 20... There's a lot of back and forth in between, but in 2014, mm-hmm. um, we decided, Taylor and I decided to do a show every day 
for the 2014 World Cup, previewing review every single game with specific predictions. That's when we sort of doubled our listeners, I yeah. want to say. And so Taylor was out of town, but not long after he moved back. And then that was when we got The Office. And then we went to three shows a week after that. Then we got some advertisers. Then we went to five shows a week. And basically, it's, it's snowboard like that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of detail missing from that answer, but I didn't want to spend 10 minutes uh, telling our whole story. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, any, any major details that you'd like to add? I mean... But maybe not major, but I'm going to add them anyway, so deal with it. Uh, I think one thing was just uh, that we kind of decided that if we didn't see a big jump, if things didn't really change after the 2014 World Cup, so that we were going to kind of call it there, and yeah. that would have been the end, but we did see that jump. Um, and then in terms of moving home, like, I didn't move home specifically because of the show. Move what? back to Richmond, that is. But it was it was up there for sure in that it felt like, okay, maybe this can actually be more of a of an employment thing then a sort of like we're doing this because we just enjoy doing it and allows us to talk about soccer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that's kind of how it went. We got the office and it went from there and now here we are. There's definitely a dress for the job you want situation yeah. for, a, for a good one, right? Where yeah. we're acting as if it was a full-time job yep. while also holding down full-time jobs yeah. um, and doing some freelance things. I think we slowly like went from full-time jobs mm-hmm. to a lot of freelance stuff on the side and TSS and then finally just TSS. Yeah, yeah. That, that is correct. That's I do not miss stuff. the staying up until like 2.30 in the morning to record and then waking up to be at work at 8. That is not a thing I miss so much. Mm-mm. Weirdly, we did that for the Tulsuck show yes. <laughs> this past weekend, but usually we don't have to do that. No. Um, John Salazar. John Salazar asks, any cool, I'm geeking out right now moments uh, you've had behind the scenes? I guess this maybe means in terms of meeting people? Yeah. Or things happening? I'm not sure. Uh, uh, Drunk Pavel Neved was, was an interesting experience. Uh, we met him at the All-Star Game in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, Daryl, you're pulling my mic. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no problem. Uh, hopefully no problem. We'll see if that messes the audio. If it did, it was Daryl's fault, not mine. It's fine. Um, yeah, we met It was, it was him. Nedved's legal team. <laughs> wanted me to cut you off. <laughs> he was uh, <laughs> there as, what, a rep for Juve as, like, yep. a... Ambassador. Yeah, ambassador. Thank you. And he was pretty inebriated at one point he and I was taking full advantage of the free bar he I think is the certainly way to had yeah. and I, I think I can't remember did we both go up to try to talk to him at the same time like were we together and yeah. I think and I think we both like kind of gave him like nice somewhat long winded like hey it's really nice to meet you it's OE blah blah and he was just like Swipe, yes right? and like smiled and yeah. we were like oh okay <laughs> like I don't know how good his English was before that but it certainly wasn't helped by several hours of an open bar <laughs> Um, I will say the other geeking out right now moment for me is um, we're on the way to the Baltimore convention. Mm-hmm. Um, two years ago, we went to the Philadelphia yeah. convention for the first time and realized that people knew us. Yeah. Right? I really got, like, not freaked out, but freaked out in a good way mm-hmm. about that. I really thought that, like, no one would know who we are, but, like, yeah. pe- random people were saying hello. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's why we do this stuff now, is because for the longest time, we were just sort of in Richmond. We didn't go to all-star stuff. We didn't go to MLS Cups. We didn't go to conventions. So we weren't really sure if people were listening. And then, uh, and that was even before the tour, wasn't it? So that yeah. was sort of our first experience of, yeah, people are listening. And like, I think we went to Grant Wall's seminar at that one, and then we stuck around afterwards. And he was like, oh, yeah, of course, I listen to you guys. And it was just sort of a, like, did not know that, good to know yeah. uh, moment that was definitely pretty exciting. Ian Shank asks, what's the biggest change for Taylor now that he's the spouse of a full-fledged attorney rather than a law student going to class slash cramming for the bar? And what kind of law is M practicing? She is... She's not practicing. She knows how to do it now. <laughs> she is... Uh, she passed the bar, but she is not a litigator. She is uh, in a field that is roughly described as like regulatory compliance, where basically her goal is to be... Uh, a mediator for like policy 
So if, say, we live in Richmond, if somebody wants to pass a bill that relates to the James River, then it would be like all the parties involved, all the counties involved are going to want to have a say, so she will help kind of find consensus amongst them and then, like, help write the bill uh, that can then be passed, theoretically, in a bipartisan way, although that's <laughs> harder and harder. And she's really happy. She really likes it. In terms of things that are different... Yeah, that, that was going to be my question. Like, was it all worth it, in her, in her opinion, now that she's got the job? I think so, because really, we're... We and she, uh, well, she works very hard. I would say I am fortunate that, like, this is probably the job that she would have described going in as being her sort of dream job coming out of law school because she didn't really want to work in the courts so much. She did an internships at the Commonwealth Attorney uh, Office in Colonial Heights in, like, southern Richmond is the best way to explain that one. Uh, and I think some of the way things were being conducted, like, and so just the idea of putting people in jail for a really long time, I think, did not really appeal yeah, to her, right. uh, nor did defending people who maybe she didn't really want to be defending. So I think this position is where she wants to be, is what she wants to be doing, and thus far she's really enjoying it. And yeah, I think it's it's definitely been worth it. Uh, it was definitely difficult at times, yeah. uh, more stressful than anything else, because uh, Richmond is... Like, it, it would probably be different if we were still in D.C. or in New York or something like that. But Richmond is still fairly affordable. I honestly feel like yours is a great story because you both had these goals, right? Mm-hmm. You try and take TSS yeah. full-time and uh, be be a lawyer. Yeah. And you both have basically achieved them in the, mm-hmm. last, in the last couple of years. Yeah. I think the biggest difference is that... By the way, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Um, I think I kind of have hoarder tendencies, partially because... Like, I, I just do, I guess, partially because I get really sentimentally connected to stuff, and so I won't get rid of it, because it's like, oh, Margaret bought me this banana, like, six years ago, I'm going to hold on to it. Uh, not quite that bad. And then the other thing is just that, you know, if, like, law school plus podcast equals I never really knew, like, what, can I get rid of this extra insulation, or do I need to keep it? And it's been nice to not feel quite so much pressure to, like, yeah. use the entire roll of tape, otherwise I'm wasting 12 cents. All right. That's been a fun change. A palate cleansing question from uh-huh. Dwight Coward. Let's do it. Cadoba or Chipotle? The answer is Chipotle. I genuinely can't remember the last time I ate either one of those things. Oh, really? Yeah, it's probably Chipotle. I feel like it's. I feel like the situation is they're both good, but Chipotle just is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for what they are, for fast casual. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think Chipotle is just more widely available. Like, yeah. We literally just passed one. There's one on the left there. Yeah. Um, so that you get more trained to go to Chipotle because mm-hmm. it's just around more. Yeah, I think I know where a Chipotle is in Richmond. I'm not sure I know where a Qdoba is. At least near me. I think there's one by Willow Lawn. Maybe, possibly. There is. There's also one on Broad. No, uh, there is. I know See? that because the uh, the VCU basketball team used to go there. Or you could eat actual Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Matt Roby asks, what's the best TSS blooper that we may or may not be aware of? Uh, the one that I remember most vividly, I don't know why, is when you tried to say tangential once and you said tangentials. That, that was, was going to be my answer. That was... Well. That was a solid one because I think it was when there were four of us on the show and no one else heard it but me. And I was yep. like, are we not going to talk about this? Like, <laughs> how did that happen? Did that wasn't cut out, right? Uh, we, we put it at the end of the show. Like, oh, we, so we edited it and we then put it We used to occasionally put bloopers in there. Yeah, that was would, one. Would you like us to go back to doing that? I know we don't often have bloopers, but like if we did have a good one, would you be up for putting it at the end of a show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, certainly. Uh, but I think you're right. We don't. You, usually, it will be one of those where I... And then I'll start talking again. But yeah. that's the most bloopery. But not, not even as funny as that, right? It's something like a cough or one of us needs a drink. Yeah. The only reason yeah. we'll stop. You don't, and you don't want to hear that stuff. Uh-huh. That is, that's not a fun blooper. Uh-huh. Um, we, do, we do get, the, not quite a blooper, but the curses that you have to bleep out because we try to keep it family friendly. Yeah. Like in uh, all ages. Yeah. That's the only one where when every we, now and when then... When we have that stew 
Holden you, Exactly <laughs> But when there'll be The rogue curse Famous, Famously sweary Stu Holden But he only cursed once <laughs> And like 26 minutes in And that's the only thing That I'm always Kind of nervous about uh, Missing or forgetting to edit And that really is Maybe the only other Edit or blooper Is in 2014 World Cup yeah. When we were recording At all hours I think I put the show out once And I had left in Like a 30 second thing Where we did stop Like alright Where should we go next you want to talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about that. And then we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I left that in. But I think it's been a while since we did that. I wish there were wood for me to knock on right now. I'd like to take this moment just to say that when we do crossover shows with the Cooligans, yeah. I genuinely appreciate that they restrain themselves and don't swear on our show. Because they know that it would mean work for us to have to edit it out. Didn't Alexis used to intentionally curse on our show so that we had to edit it out? No, he started saying... We did a joke one time where every time he swore we would insert the word cooligans. Right. So he's just started saying cooligans. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it's a trade-off where we They're just, pros. We say their name a lot more in the show. Well, <laughs> in, Christian is a pro. In exchange for them not Alexis swearing. tries hard. Um, John Hayden asks, haven't seen this asked yet, but how is Daryl doing health-wise? Sound like he's doing a lot better, but would love to hear from him how things are going. Um, I guess I haven't given a detailed update mm-hmm. in a good long while, right? And people might not even know what your trial is, if you want to explain that. Okay, so... And very, also, new listeners, uh, Daryl has cancer. Yeah, so very, very quick backstory. <laughs> I've never heard someone say that and then giggle afterwards. It's interesting. Ah, uh, you know, we've talked about it a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, I was diagnosed with uh, stage 4 colon cancer this past January, so January 2019. Did chemotherapy for six months, and then it turned out the chemotherapy was not being effective anymore. Right. So I went on a clinical trial in uh, Massachusetts, um, Massachusetts General, and so far the results have been that the clinical trial, which was a bit of a gamble, um, is working and is shrinking tumors. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't say what's going to happen long term because literally there's no long term data mm-hmm. on what's happening, which really makes it really exciting. It's like genetic. It's like a genetic pathway blocking therapy and immunotherapy combined Hmm. so so far so good and then the other health thing is in September before I started the clinical trial um, I had to get an ostomy which is where they pull your intestines through your abdomen and make an opening Um, so that's been a little tougher just in terms of lifestyle adjustments uh, but that's why like getting back to playing soccer last night Mm. was such a big deal so overall things are going well I think Mm. I feel good anyway yeah I mean and you look like I think there was a point when you had lost what like 40 pounds too many pounds yeah Uh, and there were moments when I was like oh like because I saw you every day so it's when you see the person every single day you don't sort of notice it as much yeah but then there'd be moments when like I would see somebody who hadn't seen you in a while and it would be noticeable to them it has been a while since I've seen that I think because you do look better than certainly than you look like like four months ago yeah I've gained back some weight basically Mm -hmm. right Um, I'm working hard you were always handsome now you're just pretty (laughs) Because well, now, now cheek cheekbones have receded. <laughs> <laughs> there are weird moments where, like, like even um our like the image you can see on our website. I'll look at you and be like, "That is Daryl. Look like that. You, look, you were so baby faced, and yeah, now, yeah. You, now you're now you're cut and angular. Cut and angular. Uh, well, thank you for that question. Uh-huh. Um, um, hamburger asks. I'm sure you've said this before, but can you explain why you are Man United and Wolves fans? I love fan origin stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go first. Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Um, Mostly it relates to the Richmond Kickers have a, a fairly decent connection to Manchester United. They were, when I was growing up, coached by Dennis Violet, who used to play for Manchester United. Uh, I think I've said this recently. He's the reason why the Kickers have the colors they do, the red, white, and black, to mirror Manchester yep. United's colors. I don't know if you know about this, um, but he's a top shop tyrant. <laughs> even his haircut's violent? Even his haircut's violent. Don't, don't you put that on Dennis Violet. How dare you? Uh, but also well done. Um, 
And so then when I went to their camp when I was like 12 years old, I think, or 11 years old, uh, my counselors there were Man United fans. They talked about Manchester United. A lot of them, one of them gave me like an old school Manchester United jersey. And it kind of went from there. And then the other thing, the more practical thing, is just that because they were Manchester United in that era, they were the kind of only game in town. They would be on PBS occasionally. It was weird. Little highlight packages here and there and stuff. So they were kind of the most visible to me. So it's like Benny Hill keeping up appearances in Manchester United. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, yes, and I and I should add, like my dad, sort of, uh, like he likes sports, but I was never really raised. Like he would watch football if it was on TV, but he was never like sitting down to watch the the skins game for the entirety of the game. So it wasn't sort of a thing where like I was raised to seek out sports and watch everything. Uh, I just sort of started doing that on my own, especially about soccer. All right, so I'm a Wolves fan because basically I'm from the area. I'm not from the city of Wolverhampton. I'm like 15 miles outside, but all my family are Wolves fans, like my dad, my brother, my brother-in-law, my sister. Um, so I'm just from a family of Wolves fans, and they took me when I was younger, and you just get stuck. You. You, stuck with it. you get stuck with the team that way. But it's uh, in terms of having a successful team, it didn't work out for like 20 years, mm-hmm. and then it's been a good couple of years. Yeah, I should add, I mean, I'm not... I'm not stupid. Like, I'm aware that I'm a Manchester United fan because when I first started watching them, they were very good, and then they stayed very good. Yeah. So there's definitely an element of, uh, I guess, glory hunting at the time. I don't know if it continues to be that way with the way they are now. Okay, Bruce asks, what is your favorite soccer moment? Wow. Uh, probably the McBride header against Mexico in 2002. Oh, lovely. Mine's also a World Cup moment. What you got? Um, it's uh, David Platt scoring that extra time winner against Belgium in 1990. That, that is was fair. Early in my fandom, yeah, and it was like I didn't quite understand how the game worked, but I knew that was good. <laughs> that, that in, makes, in the last minute of extra time, that makes sense. I am going to change my answer because I really, really love that McBride goal. My favorite moment is uh, the Donovan goal against Algeria oh, because yeah. that was when we were doing the show, and I just remember like getting texts from people who I knew from doing the show or from my friends who knew I did the show and they knew I was watching and then all the highlight videos that came out afterwards or all the people reacting and it was a sort of like one of those communal moments that you don't always get when it comes to soccer in this country that it yep. felt like everybody was aware of what had just happened yeah. and it also made me really happy that we could then go and do a show about it and then we got to talk about this game because otherwise I would just be calling everybody and be like did you see it did you see it did you see it and it was fun to sit down with you and break it down and talk about it in more depth uh, Freehold United asks, how do you acquire your sponsors? Do they reach out to you? Do you reach out to them? Do you work with an agency? Curious as to how you began to monetize the show. Yeah, so, you got this. Yeah, okay, so here's the potted history. Um, around about 2015, 2016, we started essentially pitching... the potted history? Yeah. Is that like the abbreviated history? Yeah, abbreviated history. Okay. Um, so we started pitching sponsors, right? We would reach out to, literally Roughneck Scarves is one of the first sponsors we reached out to, uh, made a pitch for how we would promote them, uh, gave them an idea of how we would talk about them, um, told them how many listeners we had and told them the rate it would cost and we've done um, a lot of that with a lot of the independent sponsors yep. as we got bigger people started approaching us and saying hey how much would it cost to advertise on your show but then also we um, started working with an ad agency um, PAR they're called yep. um, a couple years ago maybe three years ago and they were absolutely magnificent about selling our ads they, they were the best agency we've ever worked with yep. they're really really good um, it's changed a little with the athletic deal because essentially um, the athletic now sells they do. They do. Uh, we had some leftover because PAR had already sold some for this year. Yeah. We were both kind of apprehensive about how they were going to respond to us uh, going to work for the athletic. And they were just like, that's great. That sounds like you guys have done awesome. You yeah. should be really proud. And we're like, okay. Yes. Thank you, incredibly nice people who are humans. <laughs> that's a rarity. Yeah, we're big fans of PAR. Yep. Um, 
what soccer movie sorry uh, Riley Bieber Riley Bieber asks what soccer movies and or documentaries would you recommend to listeners of TSS uh, Zidane a 21st century portrait I watch that one probably once a year I haven't uh, seen it I haven't seen the whole thing I've seen great. like a 15 minute clip of it but. it's really fascinating for a number of reasons uh I really, really enjoy how he doesn't do that much in the first, like, 10 to 15 minutes of the game. And that was kind of my introduction to, that seems to be what a lot of players do. Messi famously does the same thing of kind of doesn't want the ball as much in the beginning to be able to evaluate what's happening, and then he kind of adjusts what he's doing accordingly, and you can see Zidane do that in that game. So that one I really, really enjoy. Uh, what about you, Daryl? Any, anything in particular? I'm not trying to be ironic or anything. Yeah. One of my favorite soccer movies is Kicking and Screaming. And you mean the Will Ferrell one, the right? The Will Ferrell one. Because there are two Duval kicking and screaming movies. Oh, yeah, I don't know what the other one is. It always throws me off. I, yeah. I honestly think it's one of Will Ferrell's best movies. And <laughs> like, the soccer themes, even though they're about kids, there's a yeah. lot of, like, the, uh, the, the downside of just always giving your ball to the best player. Like, yeah. There's a lot of actually good soccer messages in there. I really, really like kicking and screaming. Um, I, I enjoy kicking and screaming. Uh, go Tigers? Wildcats? I think, I think they're the Tigers. Uh, yeah. Drink some espresso, no, play some soccer. Yeah. I used to really like the movie Mean Go Machine. Go fetch me a juice box. Go fetch me a juice box. I liked Mean Machine, which is like the British version of The Longest Yard, starring Vinnie Jones yes. and a, a fairly young Jason Statham as a lunatic goalkeeper. <laughs> I haven't seen that in 10 years, and my guess is that it probably doesn't hold up very I well. I would bet it doesn't. In yeah. terms of documentaries, uh, the Diego Maradona documentary yeah. um, was excellent. It really, really was. For all the... Um, the archival footage they got a hold of it's worth watching just to watch the soccer but they also tell a really good story um, about Diego Maradona and then I haven't seen it in a really long time but the two Escobars I remember enjoying a whole lot about oh, like yeah. Pablo Escobar and Andres Escobar the Colombian who was killed that yeah. was very very good as well alright next question Andy oh and B. obviously the goal trilogy obviously <laughs> Andy B do you follow any sports other than soccer if so what are your favourite teams or players I do not um I like I am, I guess, a nominal Washington fan, kind of across the board. In the um, NFL? What's that? In the NFL, oh, I mean, that, all American sports. Yeah, it's harder these days with the NFL team because they're very, very bad, and I am one of the people who thinks they should change the name. Yeah. So between having a racist name as their name and then also being terrible, it makes it hard to sort of passively care about them. My wife is a Bills fan. My friends are Bills fans. I'm looking at the Bills. Oh, I'm right. looking at the Bills, Daryl. But, yeah, I, I mean, I pay attention to lots of other sports, but there's very few that I watch with, like, the same zeal yeah. that I watch soccer. Oh, I will say I will very casually support the VCU men's basketball team yep. um, during March Madness. Mostly because <laughs> in, what, 2011, when they yeah. had the Shaka Smart team mm. and Havoc and all that, it really caught my attention. I got really into it. So then I always, when March Madness comes around, I'll watch just to see if they're any good this year. It's not, it's not big fandom, but it's like my most my most American. Fandom. It's kind of hard to go to their games in season two because they're very popular and sell yeah. out fast. See, I went early that season, 2011. Yeah. Um, I went earlier that year, so it might have been late 2010. Um, and like it wasn't full; it was easy to get tickets. So I was, I was, I feel like I was at least there to watch them before it all went crazy. Uh, go, go on, Joey Rodriguez. <laughs> I forgot about Joey. Uh, Sit those threes. The last one that I have a like more than passing interest in passing interest in. Uh, from my college days going to Kentucky or going to school in Kentucky is horse racing I do still love going to horse racing watching horses run yeah. I find it pretty pretty outstanding which, and that's aside from just betting I don't know if it works like this but which horse do you support? Uh, about to be glue that's my <laughs> oh, favorite one yeah. <laughs> Papa's delicate condition no, uh, no I mean I mean no because like they, they cycle through so quickly I see uh, yeah Seabiscuit? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's retired I think the um, best the best name ever was 
Like War Admiral? War Admiral was, was, was one of my jams, <laughs> so I think maybe it was related. I forget how it works. Ben Wright. Mm-hmm. Ben Wright asks, what DAW do you use for recording? Also, pop quiz, Taylor, what's a DAW? A DAW? I have no idea. I'm trying to pay attention to directions. What is a DAW, Daryl? A digital audio workspace. Okay. My friend Gary Ugal told me that. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you look that up before? I did. Oh, uh, we should have. Daryl has seen these questions. I have not. Yeah, I've been checking in. I've been checking. Um, we use Adobe Audition. We use Adobe Audition and we absolutely love it. Yeah. But it may be that we're sort of prisoners of Adobe Audition because we just that was the first audio editing software that well, we used and we were into it. Cool Edit that was our jam for a long time and then that, it was acquired by Adobe yeah, Audition exactly, and that ended yeah. that so I don't like other other audio editing software might be good I've heard yeah. Reaper's good mm-hmm. I, but I wouldn't feel as comfortable using it just because I know Adobe Audition so well yeah. right? um, <laughs> actual question from big hashtag HTD dance practice boy lightning strike um, beard care tips question mark do you have any beard care tips yeah, I mean, you got to trim it down. You got to keep it. Uh, you got to keep it soft. You got to put some beard oil in there. You got to. You got to wash it the way you do most hair. Uh, unless I guess Alexis pointed out that like you don't always have to do that. It depends on your like hair condition and profile or whatever. But I wash it with shampoo. I put beard oil in it. I trim it up. Uh, beards can get stinky. Don't let your beard be stinky. Don't be one I of those people. That. I've never oh, yeah. had a beard big enough to be stinky. It can't um, be. I was going to like wonder if it had like universal appeal if we were talking about beard maintenance, but the next tweet is from Phil Andriani who yeah. says, honestly, the whole thing could be beard maintenance. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, do you know why I have a beard? Have I told that story before? No. Uh, so I've always had facial hair since I was like 20 because I could grow a beard when I was like 14. So that like was showing off. That was real fun. No, it's because when I was teaching in Turkey, um, I had to like trim it down. The most I was allowed to have was five o'clock shadow because uh, they at the time were more secular than they are now, obviously. But the school itself was very, very secular. And if you have a beard, you tend to look more Islamic. So ah, they didn't okay, like yeah. that. Uh, and similarly, when my wife was teaching, uh, when she stopped being in school in Turkey and started being a, uh, a private instructor after she was done with her studies, they wanted her to keep her hair long and blonde, as it was. So then when we moved back to the States, I sort of let my beard grow out and it got bigger and bigger and eventually it just was. And then she shaved her head into a mohawk. <laughs> so we both kind of protested against the way we had to be in Turkey by... Uh, you know, growing it long or cutting it off. I remember that. I yeah. remember the mohawk. Um, she could rock a mohawk, by the way. My she wife could pull right, that yeah. off. Oh yeah. Jay, maybe not at the law firm. Um, Jacob <laughs> Jacob asks if you had to drive across the country, let's say Miami to Seattle, mm-hmm. it's a distance, right? That's like a big diagonal. Um, with the Cooligans, <laughs> who is the first one to get left at a gas station, and how long would it take for this to happen? I think it's me. I think it's, I think it's you. <laughs> I think it's but you. not because I've annoyed someone. Well. Right? It's because I've just got left behind <laughs> doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not Alexis because Alexis would be the driver. Yeah. It's not Christian because I think Christian knows that Alexis would leave people behind. So he is never too far away from the vehicle. He's on watch. So it's either you or me. And I think I am louder than you, so they might notice that I wasn't there. You might be, like, dawdling, looking at something or making yeah. polite small talk with somebody and, uh, yeah, just get left behind. I also, I have previous here. Um, there was a trip that we all went on, uh, me and my friends, when uh-huh. we were, like, 16. I think that time we left you behind. I was like, no, I no, not recall we like that. 16. We yeah. took the uh, National Express, which is on the Greyhound, um, coach all the way down to uh, Cornwall, yeah. so, like, down on the very southwest coast of England. Um, and so it wasn't my friends left me behind but I was too long in the uh, rest area <laughs> um, and the coach was leaving I had to chase it 
down, well, you know, like the uh, the entrance. Ramp. Yikes! It didn't quite get near the um, the motorway, but uh, it wasn't far up. I had to chase the chase the coach. That's why I will never, ever, 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 ever take a mega bus again. Because there's always that sort of fear of if you're gone for four seconds too long, that bus is out of there. Oh and yeah. Good luck. When the driver says we're leaving at one fifteen, he yeah. is leaving at one fifteen, even if all your stuff is on there and yeah. you are at the Chick Fil A. The last time we took a mega bus, we took it from Richmond to Atlanta, and then we booked our flight from Atlanta back to Richmond while we were still on the bus. We sure did. Confused Stoat asks, oh, Confused Stoat says they need to know how edited the shows are. It sounds like you got you guys do one clean take and just upload it. Um, also, selfishly, would love your hot take on who Everton should sign. All right, so we did that in the transfer window special, right? Otavio was, mm-hmm. was my uh, recommendation for Everton. How edited are the shows? Uh, I mean, it varies. I think we don't usually have too many edits. I mean, most shows are sort of like this one where we're answering questions. Usually we've done a bit more research uh, than we have right now. Uh, so we'll usually just go into it. We'll have maybe one or two edits. It tends to be when we transition into or out of an ad because we have to get the copy in front of us and then we have to get back to our notes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah you heard me stall while I was going for the, uh, the brochure question. I, I did. Yeah. I did. Which I will say. We're keeping that in. You have gotten better at, by the way, because there was a period where you would kind of be like, ad read done, and forget that it was next, you had to go back to the thing. I'll just like sit back and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> Mission accomplished. For the most part, though, I would say, because um, that doesn't happen every ad, right? It's like maybe once every couple of days, and yeah. I do that, like mess up the transition. Yeah. But for the most part, it is like if someone just has a, a brain fart, and yeah. that's what they're going to say next, or needs a drink, or starts coughing, or yeah. stuff like that is the reason we might edit. I would say an average of one or two edits per show. Some, yeah. are, some are straight through clean, we just add the music and upload it. Usually there's one or two little edits, um, but we're actually quite good at the pickups, right? Yeah. So you can never really, uh, you can't see the joint. Uh, you cannot. Uh, I would add uh, Marilyn. So it's like a good wig. Marilyn, get your roads together, first of all. Second yeah. of all, yes, it is a good wig. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I think the, only, the thing that I have had to work the hardest on in doing this show is I still have that like anxiety monster in my brain I think with my wife we've named her as Karen I don't know if mine has a name but uh apologies to all Karens listening to this um but every now and then if I start thinking about like you are talking right now if I become consciously aware of me talking I will forget all words and just focus on like don't mess it up don't mess it up and then I think that was the only those are the only moments when I will really lose the, like the train of thought and that's when I'm usually like hey I gotta pause for a minute Daryl doesn't <laughs> usually lose it so much he tends to stick with it and finish his point Tyler Limbaugh asks how tall are you because you look tall in the most recent TSS Instagram post uh, Daryl's 5'5 five five and I'm 6'4 also, Taylor gives off five foot eight vibes. <laughs> that really is in the tweet. Also, Taylor gives off five foot eight vibes. So I'm guessing Tyler's question about looking tall in a recent Instagram post yeah. is aimed at me because you posted me playing soccer, right? Yeah. So I say I'm six feet tall. I don't believe you. But this is interesting. When I went to get the uh, immunotherapy treatment, yeah. they wanted very specific measurements. So they knew exactly how much to give me. Yeah. Um, turns out I'm five foot 11 and three what? quarters. I am just under. Really? Yeah. All right. Maybe I'm shrinking too. But I think if I, if I put shoes on, yeah. then definitely six foot, just uh-huh. that tiny like heel, even in sneakers, where they had me barefoot on the measuring, the height measuring thing, mm-hmm. five foot 11 and three quarters. If I'm ever on Tinder, which I hope never to be, because um, I like being married, um, I will put five foot 11 and three quarters. I won't lie and say you, six foot. You yeah. want to do the, the little dicky as a rhyme about that. Yeah, I know. It's like, I'm five foot 11, but on Tinder, I'm six that's foot. Where I learned, <laughs> that's where go. I learned of that There phenomenon. we go. Yeah. Uh, are, I, you, are you five foot eight? Uh, no, I'm. I was five eleven and three quarters. 
uh, because I remember being bitter that I never got to six foot. <laughs> that said, if you are now 5'11 and three quarters, you are taller than me. So I'm going to say I'm like 5'10 and three quarters. Maybe I've lost an inch, but I'm around 5'10, 5'11. What do you think Taylor gives off five foot eight vibes means? Uh, I mean, it's the same thing we hear a lot is that I, I have a higher voice than you do. So I think like people look at the photo and I think maybe your voice lends itself more to big beard. And I think <laughs> I like, like Do- Doyle told us that in the very beginning that he thought I was going to be like a 16 year old, like pale, like thin-haired blonde boy or something yeah, yeah. like that and so he was kind of surprised by the way I looked and I do think my voice he was basically on the name I think I think Taylor oh yeah 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 my parents really helped with that <laughs> I was I was originally Kiffin by the way so yeah thanks family names <laughs> Gabe Jacobs asks um, first and most importantly how is Daryl's health oh we answered that one yeah. but Gabe I appreciate you asking. come on Gabe uh, Zach Lippert Zach Lippert asks what's the weirdest sponsorship offer you've ever gotten I know what it is. What is it? It's Manscaped. We said yes to the weirdest sponsorship offer we've ever gotten. Uh, yeah, I guess it is. Because we've turned down some other ones, but those weren't too weird as much as they were just like, nah, you, you are the amount of weird that I understand and don't want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably Manscaped. So, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm quite happy we did it because it's been <laughs> mostly fun yeah. talking about the right tools for your family jewels. Yep. All right, Stink Farm, which is a great name. Stink Farm asks... What are each of your soccer backgrounds, i.e., when did you start, how far did you take it, and what injury prevented you from being the next Messi? <laughs> um, what injury prevented me from being the next Messi? Uh, not having played soccer since I was four years old, I think is probably a big reason. When did you start? Um, I think I was five, actually. <laughs> Maybe not at his level. Um, probably, just, I mean, I was never, like, I was okay. I was never, like, so good that I was going to be at that next level. Uh, I never really had the the work ethic so much like I always took it really seriously and tried really hard but I was not one to as soon as the season was over hit the gym and go for five mile runs every single day of the off season I read that stuff about Ronaldo and I just find it exhausting so I think that's probably my big limitation is that I needed to be fitter if I wanted to keep playing longer and instead it was much more important for me to drink and eat pizza how far did you take it? I mean, I know the answer, but... Uh, my share with freshman year of college, uh, I, I did not play, but I went to college to play soccer and then showed up out of shape, so that limited that. <laughs> um, I actually started playing soccer quite late, mm-hmm. not until I was maybe 10, maybe. Um, I played in goal for a little bit and then started playing out. You wouldn't believe I played in goal, right? To see me playing goal now, so <laughs> I am not good. Um, but I didn't, start, I didn't start playing outfield till I was maybe 12, um, or so uh, the how far did I take it the best level I've played at is Stourbridge Town which is like sixth tier of English football I played for their U17 team there you go which isn't bad for someone who started kind of I played centre back for their U17 team um, and then when I went to I went to university through a masters in Dublin I played for University College Dublin's um, freshers team mm-hmm. the reason that's semi impressive is University College Dublin were at the time in the top division in Ireland. They were the only university team in the top division in Europe. I remember being very proud of that. Um, they played outside of my window um, in my dorms, so it was great. Ah. But the reason I was on their freshers team is most freshmen, meaning first year at the school, are 18 years old. I was there on a master's and I'd had a gap year, so I was 22. Ah, <laughs> that'll do it. So I was just like a little bit wiser, but still fit enough to keep up with those guys. And I didn't start either. I was very much not not in the first team the, uh, in a friendly once the coach even subbed himself in ahead of me <laughs> that's that kind of that coach that, that actually happened thank you Damon McNally S- similar <laughs> similar to like I kind of wish I could go back to college now because the idea of 
having no bills and just getting to like read stuff and learn stuff really really appeals I do kind of wish I could go back and be like 18 year old me and be like hey man you can actually like continue to play and be good at stuff uh, and maybe run a little bit harder and then you'll be fine but I, I mean, I'm good with that. the way things are now yeah. I, I've seen you play with some very good players like yeah. college players and ex-pro players um, when we've like played media pickup games and stuff and you can more or less hold your own right Thank you. so this, there is a level of talent and game smarts there that uh, yeah, maybe maybe you should have worked harder. <laughs> but then we wouldn't have the show, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's, that's you'd be, the you'd thing. be someone I was trying to get on the show, and you keep saying no. It's hard to <laughs> man. It's hard to really like. I think about that stuff. It's hard to go back and be like, oh, I wish I'd done this differently. Because honestly, like, I really love my wife and I enjoy our dogs and I like living in Richmond and I mean, doing a might, show with you. And like, you, you might not have met her, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, there's all those moments of like, yeah, no, I'm I'm okay with it. Even though some of it was tough, and I was definitely. Uh, not happy when I was told like yeah we don't really need you to play anymore or to sit on the bench anymore um, we talked about advertisers earlier genuine question do we have more advertisers on today's show we moving through oh Daryl's got it loaded like a pro loaded I was genuinely like, like I can't pro. remember if we were doing one or two I we're doing two Here I just go. want to check in with you I'll do it yeah. as part of the show um, how, how much time in the car do we have and should we keep recording all the way? Because there's a lot of questions still to go. Yeah, we got some time. We got some time? I think so. You happy to keep going? Sure. Okay. Uh, well, today's show is sponsored by... I'm not really sure I know where we're going, but yeah, we'll be fine. Today's show is sponsored by Hims, mm-hmm. a wellness brand for men. Um, you, you've heard us talking about Hims. You certainly have. It's been a sponsor for a long time. And how they are helping guys look their best. If somehow you haven't, it's time to see what they're all about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Taylor, that 66% of men start losing their hair by that. the age 30 of 35. Mm-hmm. But you can do something about it. And the thing that you should not do, Taylor, is go to a gas station no. and ask the person behind the counter do you have any solutions for my hair loss? And I think we've established this before. I'm going to be kind of brutal here. Um, if you're going with a comb over, if you notice it but think, like, no one else will notice it, everyone else will notice it. Like, that is kind of the, the frustrating reality. Is that's, that, how, like, that's how Sir Bobby Charlton ended up on my uh, bold <laughs> exa- yeah. Exactly. It's like, I, 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 it's, a, it's painful to admit, but yeah, it, it becomes obvious to others. So instead of trying to comb it over or spray paint on fake hair, I think that was a product in some movie, or go gas station. Instead, why not go science? Science is good. Yep. Go medical. Medical also good. And find those solutions that way. Don't do the Stephen Miller. Don't do that. you spray that stuff. Don't, I mean, that. you shouldn't do anything that Stephen Miller does, but yes. yeah, that's up there too. Especially that one. Well, not especially that one. Among the many things. Among the many things. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, so, it's the new year. Grab the new year by the follicles. Mm-hmm. That's good copy. Well done. <laughs> well done, Hims. Um, Hims has no snake oil pills, none of that gas station stuff that we talked about. Just real medical solutions. They connect you with real doctors online and it will save you hours. And it's all completely confidential and discreet because it can be embarrassing, right? You don't want um, everyone to know that you're uh, maybe looking into this product, hmm. but it can all be done confidentially yeah. and discreetly online. But also, it shouldn't be. I mean, it shouldn't again, be. It shouldn't 66% be. of men, two thirds of the world of, of like males. Men. Yeah, like. You, you may as well like not see it as like oh it's so weird and uh, whatever just you know everybody it happens to everybody if you want to fight it fight it is that one third of the world if it's 66% of men and half of people are men I think I think women make up a larger percentage of the population but I very well could be wrong if it was 50% would a third yeah. be right I don't know okay. we're doing math and I'm driving and there's a state police officer passing me so should we ask him yeah sure <laughs> let me flash my lights and veer into his lane just and see how this goes speed up and pull up alongside him <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, if you would like to um, this holiday this holiday season, mm-hmm. if you would like to this new year, let it grow, let it grow, let it grow. Um, you can, as I said, dive into 2020 hair first. Go to fourhims.com slash total sucker. That's fourhims.com slash total sucker. Hey, this is Daryl jumping in to fix my own mistake. I forgot to tell you the most important part of the ad, and that's if you go to fourhims.com slash total sucker, you can get started with hymns and get your first month free. That's your first month free at fourhims.com slash total sucker. Um, the prescription requires an online consultation with a physician, like we mentioned, who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. If you show up with a full head of hair, they'll be like, no, don't nope. do it. Um, <laughs> offer valid only if prescribed. Uh, offer valid only if prescribed. Three-month minimum subscription. Additional restrictions apply. See website for full details. And remember, um, for full details and important, sa- important safety information. I'm not editing it. I'm going to keep going. Remember, that's forhims.com slash total soccer. Mm-hmm. Forums.com slash Total Soccer. Thank you very much to Forums for sponsoring today's episode of the Total Soccer Show. Lots more questions. Um, ooh, Ira Jersey. We're going to see Ira Jersey we this are. weekend as well. Ira Jersey asks, if you could do the show anywhere in the world that's not DC or Richmond, where would it be? Anywhere, like, does that mean we're just recording it? Does that mean like if we were living in another place? I think we're living in another place. And let's assume that like um, our wives were happy and comfortable wherever we moved. Yeah. Um, I've always been kind of jealous of people living in New York just because I get a little intimidated by how just huge New York is and how there's always stuff going on. But simultaneously, it's huge and there's always stuff going on. So you always know you can kind of uh, book guests and find people to come on the show maybe slightly more readily than in other uh, areas. And then maybe like I, I haven't been to Los Angeles since I was very, very young. But the idea of like semi permanently very good weather uh, <laughs> admittedly no like fresh water supply but whatever it's fine uh, Los Angeles also appeals maybe what about London because then we'd be in the middle of all the Premier League mm-hmm. stuff it would do be they a still more... allow foreigners in London I forget <laughs> some, some of them okay. um, it would be a more English slanted show so yeah so maybe we need to stay in the US mm-hmm. to do the total soccer show right yeah um, okay yeah I would I would love to do the show in New York you you talked about like a long time ago potentially moving there right yeah, a long time ago, before you know, before we, uh, mm-hmm. we, before things went well. <laughs> before things went well, he says, uh, as the recorder drops, I'm hoping we're still, I'm hoping we're still recording and all is good. Let's find out. Yes, we're Yay, still live. We're all still right. Live. <laughs> Next question comes from Alex Rendon. Mm-hmm. Alex Rendon plays on our soccer team. He right? does. What is the best Richmond beer, and why is it Isley 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 Isley, Isley Choosy Mother Peanut Butter Porter? It's not, is it? It's not, I don't mind the peanut butter porter, but it's not one that I can drink with regularity. That's why I like the Clever Girl, because it's a lower alcohol IPA. And that's why I like the Hardywood Pills, because it is uh, lower alcohol, and you can drink a bunch of them. I learned that in Germany. That was us being in Germany that I learned that that's how Germans can drink so much, is because they drink very low alcohol IPA, yeah. or like alco- very low alcohol beer yep. that won't destroy you the next morning. Not 7% IPA. So get it together, Rendon. Although I do still have a soft spot for... The Hardywood Great Return Christmas morning, especially the or the gingerbread stout, but the bourbon gingerbread stout, especially okay. that's pretty delicious too. I'm a fan of Ardent has a, I think it's Mexican hot chocolate beer Interesting. that is seasonal. I'm not sure what type of beer it is, but mm-hmm. I know I like it. Right. Alex has a second question. Mm-hmm. What's the story with your involvement with Street Soccer USA? How did you get started, and what keeps you both involved? This is uh, Alex. This is the team that Alex plays on. The um, answer is Daryl and Daryl. 
Is, it, is that what keeps you involved? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we, so for those who don't know, Taylor and I run the Street Soccer Richmond mm-hmm. program. Um, I got involved with Street Soccer Richmond in 2009, where yep. I sort of like just, uh, the, what was it? The Daily Planet was running it. And I went in and asked if there was anything I could do. And they said, hey, we just started this soccer thing. Hmm. Um, why, so, why did you go in there in the first place? Um, I just wanted to like volunteer for something non-profity. Yeah. So the Daily Planet is like, uh, uh, they just run a lot of homeless services. Right. So I really did walk in the door and say, what can I do? Hmm. And they asked me about my background. And obviously soccer is yeah. a lot of my background. So I was editing the offside at the time. I think the Total Soccer Show had maybe started. Um, and they said, that's perfect. We're just starting Street Soccer in Richmond. And, and then you were just like, sweet, I'm in. Yeah, that so, was pretty much it. I've been in ever since. Yeah. All right. So that, that's, what, 10 well, years? And, but initially, like, the kickers were involved, right? And you had like some coaches yeah. in there as well? So uh, assistant coach at the time, Jesse Myers, was co- coached us basically a couple times a week at noon in the sun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we've got some <laughs> good coaches. At noon in the sun? And Rob Ucroft oh, coached no. us as well. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good time. Oh, boy. Basically, um, a lot of people have come and gone over the years. Uh, from the early days, I think it's just myself and our friend Paul Paul Watson Paul Watson there you yeah. go um, so obviously I pulled Taylor in at some point you did I think um, when I moved back to Richmond basically yeah. made, made Taylor head coach and then <laughs> and away we go and really the team got a lot better in terms of uh, performance and results right from, from that very moment I would like to claim credit for that but as we've said on other shows if you're like starting your own adult team, having a practice here and there really helps string things yes. together. It's been yeah. huge, right? Having practice. And, and I mean, I mean that it just because I really enjoyed practices. So, like, it's not just Daryl that keeps me going, but Daryl is definitely the organizer, the one who schedules rides, and the one who has kind of instilled the importance of the program uh, in me for for me, whatever that oh, phrasing really? would be. Yeah, uh, I would say so. And it is like, like, like having had people in my life who have addiction issues. It is a program that I really, really strongly believe in because I think a lot of times people just assume like, oh, you go to AA, you go to NA, and that's all you got to do, right? And you're fine. And, yeah. and I think you need a strong community and people who believe in you and people who support you. And, and fun, fun activities to do. Yeah, 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 exactly. But we just have guys on that team who like have a lot, like they're dealing with a lot of stuff themselves, and yet they will drop anything to go help somebody on that team or somebody who's in the program yeah. who needs that support, who needs that friendship or what have you or just a ride or something like that and I find that sense of community really really inspiring and really just heartening especially in uh, these days so I second everything you just said and I'd add to it that like for me it's it's a good reason to keep playing soccer mm-hmm. you know what I mean I feel like it's easy especially get to my age I just turned 40 to like drift away from yeah. soccer but if it's a team that like is doing something you believe in rather than just like turning up and drinking yeah. beers and trying to win games it just gives me like a a reason to keep playing, basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, I'd agree with that. Okay, Raghav Gupta. Raghav Gupta asks, what is your favorite thing about working with each other? Hmm. Daryl has, like, a lot of interests when it comes to soccer, and I don't mean that in, like, he's really interested in, like, South American soccer from the 70s, just that I think you find lots of little stuff very interesting or worth talking about especially U.S. stuff that I think I sometimes can be a little bit like, oh, we've talked enough about the U.S., haven't we? But you'll... Listeners say no. <laughs> More U.S. content. Yeah, exactly. And I think that you tend to get, like, like, like Cervania being added to the national team camp, I probably wouldn't have even thought to add that into a show. And, like, you are kind of aware of that stuff, and you, ha- like, keep a lot of that stuff on track. Daryl does a lot of the show planning as well. If we're doing a listener question show, it tends to be me who compiles scouting, Daryl who compiles the listener questions, and I'm really, really grateful for that and the amount of work you put in, and I think that kind of brings me to the main thing, which is just that I'm really... What was the question again? What is your favorite thing about working with each other? I think it's that 
you are a person who takes things very seriously and takes his commitments very seriously. And so I never have that sort of fear of like, has Daryl done the work? Is Daryl going to be ready for it? The way we have had in the past, um, not naming names, but we've had that concern before. Um, and then, and then I think it's just that like, you're also a person who, if you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And if you say you're going to do it, you're going to do it. And so I never have that fear of like, is Daryl going to show up for this game? Is Daryl going to show up for this thing or that thing? And it's a thing that I've learned a lot from you is I tend to be a person who's like, well, maybe I could make that, maybe I could make that happen. I'll keep all my doors open. And you tend to be like, no, I've got a thing that night. I'm not going to be able to make it. And that's just the much better, better way to be is give a definitive answer as quickly as you can. And then it's kind of dealt with as opposed to stringing it along. And so I think those are a couple of different reasons why I really enjoy and admire you as well. That was my favorite 60 seconds of the Total Soccer <laughs> Show ever. <laughs> so a lot of what you just said... It's taking all I have not to curse at you. A lot of what you just said, I would reflect straight back at you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I always know when we turn up that like, you'll be ready to go, right? You'll have done the thing. We, neither of us ever, like, wings it, right? Like, we don't do the work and we try and blag the show. Um, and I love I love knowing that that is not the case, unless you're very good at faking it. Well, it's the three interns that I keep promising college credit to that are doing most of the work. But... <laughs> <laughs> keep promising college. <laughs> we don't have it. I promise. I promise. And then I also, we talked about this way, it's going to be a long show, right? But way earlier we talked about creative differences yeah. and how we see things differently. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that you challenge me because I definitely will look at something and be like, okay, this means that I think that and then like I'll just have my opinion you're gonna go ahead um, and quote that one for later but then you'll have no but you'll have a different take yeah. and look at it from a different way mm-hmm. and it just it's like um, it's like opening an extra window for me to look at something through. yeah you know what I mean like yeah. see it from a different angle because yeah. because you're talking about it I appreciate that and I think we both uh, I, I do appreciate that our friend Pop says I don't I, I immediately downplay compliments because they do make me uncomfortable. Uh, but I think the other thing... That's that, good because I've run out. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Uh, I also appreciate that I think we both kind of approach it from a perspective of this is how I see it, but like maybe I'm wrong. I think you tend to be better about that than me, but generally speaking, I think at, at worst, it's like, well, maybe I'm wrong. And then <laughs> sometimes it's like, I'm probably wrong. But I think as long as you have that attitude, that's what allows kind of a relationship to continue to grow and thrive communication obviously being very important on that which is why you and I communicate at all hours (laughs) as we've already said Uh but then just the other one is sort of the willingness to go in and be like this is how I think it was but if we rewatch the game together and we see something different there's not an element of like well I had this idea and I want to be right so I'm just going to stick with it even so yeah and then and then we don't kind of default into we are taking opposite opposite sides to have an argument because that's what we think should happen instead we sort of are always finding the agreement and then kind of working from there here's the final thing I'll say as well is um, I I feel like we're both quite maniacal about just like the the lengths we will go to for the Total Soccer Show Um, and I know there's a lot of people if I texted them with like ideas or things I think we should do people would be like no you're crazy just go to bed whereas you'll be like yeah and also we should do this and this and this so I love that we kind of match each other's mania you know what I'm saying yes you never make me feel like a crazy person I have taken to like I'm going to put this one into notes and see if I feel as strongly about this show topic tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, next question. It's Greyhead Gaming, our uh-huh. from Greyhead Gaming. Um, okay, so he's quote-tweeting quote oh um, a tweet from June 2018. Oh, boy. Uh, where someone else has said... Oh, sorry, I can't see the someone else. Oh, it wasn't one of us? 
No, it wasn't one of us. But um, someone else has said, uh, hey, these guys are great, which is a nice compliment, and then said, like, Fox or ESPN or someone should hire them, right? Yeah. And then Greyhair Gaming says, no, do not hire them. Just rent the show from them and for massive dollars so the guys keep editorial control and nothing else changes except their bank balances. <laughs> I think because we'd said on previous shows, we don't want to work for someone else, right? We want to keep owning yeah. the show. Um, so Greyhair Gaming... Do we owe him a cut now? Is that what the implication is? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> So he says, I dug this old tweet up. Yeah. Curious how close it is to this. <laughs> Love you guys. Keep it up. So he's basically asking about the athletic yeah. partnership. How close is it to what he just said? And I would say pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty much that. Yeah. Uh, we didn't want to give up uh, the ownership of the show. We didn't want to give up creative control. Uh, we love George, who's the uh, North American athletic soccer editor. Uh, but even with George, whom we love, I think we both have really enjoyed being able to grow a thing the way we've grown it and talk about what we want to talk about, when we want to talk about it, how we want to talk about it. Yeah. And the fear of that going away would have been sort of a non-starter. But when we started talking to The Athletic, I think from the outset, they were that was never an issue there was never a like well we want to be able to suggest a topic here and there they were very sort of like no you guys do the show it's worked so far that's what we want to keep it with and so that that was the I think appeal at the beginning at least for me is that they were basically being like we want to give you money to do the show that you want to be doing yeah absolutely yeah mm-hmm. and like, it's not like I guess we haven't talked about this on the show but I was not keen to begin with mm-hmm. until I spoke to them and they kind of every question I asked they gave me the yeah. what I feel like was the, the most positive answer mm-hmm. um, and, and with supporting evidence as well so I absolutely believe them so we're very happy with the athletic partnership yes. um, Adam, Adam Kalin asks how do you go about planning the business side of, the, of TSS once yearly quarterly whenever you need to how much of your time does the business side take so strangely so he, he's talking about show growth yeah. challenges advertisers road trips and so on Strangely, it is it is never a like. All right, we got to have our monthly business meeting. Like maybe we should, but we don't. It is a sort of not like common thing. It's not a thing we do often have business meetings, and yet simultaneously, I feel like it's a thing we do all the time. Because to the point earlier, when like we'll get to the office at one uh, to record, but then we end up recording at three because we have the two hour conversation about whatever. There tends to be a lot of like, hey, how do you want to approach that? Do you want to do that ad? Should we pursue this advertiser? Should we like? And there yeah. tends to be a lot of that in there. So I think just kind of talking about lots of stuff all day yeah. sort of removes the need to have sit-down business meetings. So, yeah, so it's kind of an accidental business yeah. meeting every day. And honestly, that's one of the things I love the most about sort of not working for another company yeah. is I don't have to go to scheduled meetings, which is a thing I used to have to do. Mm-hmm. And I was really frustrated the whole time. Like, we take care of business um, just ad hoc and on, on the fly, but it always gets done, right? Yeah. Okay. Daryl is, I think I'll say this, um, one of really one of my like sort of favorite things about you because it's such a curiosity is there could be like wolves could be playing an exhibition game in the United States in Richmond near your house <laughs> and you could be thrilled and they'd be like but we need you there at 8 o'clock in the morning and you'd be like this is unacceptable like <laughs> there's something about like early morning stuff but the obligation to do things yeah, I don't like anyone else telling me where to be ahead at what time and yet it could be like hey Darrow we need you to run one block at 8am and you would be like absolutely not but if for the purposes of the show I was like Daryl instead of driving we need to run to Baltimore you'd be like yeah that's fine like <laughs> that seems fair let's do that <laughs> what shoes are you wearing <laughs> uh, John Adams asks what non-soccer related thing are you looking forward to the most about being in Baltimore I've never been but I think for me it would be getting to use payphones again 
Oh, so this was just one one long shot at Baltimore, and he's hashtagged it the wire. No, oh, really? Oh, I thought that was a serial joke. Because there's the whole point in one of the serial episodes about is there a phone booth or is there not a phone booth right outside of like the Best Buy that's a, di- that's a deep cut serial reference but then he tagged in the wire so I don't know uh, <laughs> it is weird to be in Baltimore when you're like in East Baltimore and you drive past Dunbar High School and you're like that's where fictional prop Joe went to school yeah yeah uh, uh, I, I would say this because yeah. we're going to the convention yeah we're going to be in the convention center yep I'll be surprised if we see much beyond a couple of bars where we've arranged to meet people. Yeah, that's probably true. So there's going to be a lot of convention center, which tends to be how these things go. A buddy of mine works for a meadery in Baltimore called Charm City Meadery. Uh, I'm not always I'm not the biggest fan of mead because I think it's like burning honey is tends to be what it tastes like. Yeah. But they do like a carbonated sort of more palatable one that I really enjoy. So if we have time, I'd probably go check that out because what's I like it, Patrick. What, what's it called again? Uh, Charm City Meadery, Baltimore's okay. Charm City. We can hear you rubbing your arm, by the way. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Charm City. <laughs> um, Stretch it. Ooh, okay, here's a really good one for yeah. David Morales. Um, oh, I might not be able to answer because I don't know, but can you give each other FIFA ratings and the reasoning behind why? I don't know what the FIFA categories are. I, it's been a while. I mean, you can get some of the, like, I think there's, I don't know if intelligence is up there, but Daryl gets zero. Um, I think you're, you're, like, your organization, is that, could that be one? That's that be one? It's almost definitely not one. All right. Well, how do, how do we do, like, the mental side? What would be the mental I categories? don't think there are many. I don't think there are many. There's got to be. There's got to be, like, a game intelligence. Well, let's, let's go with the um, the physical ones that we do know. All right. There's, um, Goalkeeper zero. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more like uh, pace, strength, passing. Uh-huh. There might be a dribbling one. Well, I mean, here's the awkward thing, Defending, Darryl. defending as well. You've got this thing called cancer. <laughs> and It has slowed me down. It has slowed bit. you down a little bit. <laughs> so I feel like like you would have an injury mark next to your name, and that would maybe explain some of why your statistics yeah. were down. Um, your, your defensive... How low, how low are we going, though? It's out of 100, right? Pace would be 50, 40? <laughs> how low are we going? I mean, all right, so like, what, like, give me a baseline. Like, what's a... Uh, I don't know. Like, Adama Traore is 98. Okay, you are like 30? <laughs> wow. I mean, to be honest, I don't put myself much above that. Um, but that's why I think your defensive presence has always been really good. Your defensive positioning has been really good. Your ability in the air is pretty strong. And then I think, yeah, like your leadership organizational abilities uh, have not been compromised at all in terms of how you kind of are aware of things on the field and how you go about uh, kind of helping your teammates on the field. All right, I'll take that compliment. Yeah. Um, I think strength is possibly an attribute. Yeah. And I'd give you a nice high strength rating, like 80 or so. And I think it's a mix of just sheer competitiveness. <laughs> <laughs> just a refusal to let anyone else have the ball. <laughs> Wait, um, what do you mean? Like my own team? No, 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 like an, an opponent. Because ah. I feel like you, I'll see you go on a dribble. Yeah. And, I mean, you're reasonably quick, right? Let's say 72 for pace. Wow. Right? I think like, that's still pretty fast. But well, cool. I'm rating you not against professional footballers, okay, cool. but against, like, say, people we play against. All right. Then I'll right? bump you to, like, a 60. We'll do oh, that. Oh, thank you. All right. Yeah. So, so, okay, so 75 then. Yeah. I'm going to give you if we're going up like that. Um, but it's not your pace that beats people, right? It's the fact you've got a few moves to go past people, mm. more than a few. But also, if they get close to you, you're very good at shielding the ball and shaking them off. Mm-hmm. So that, that's why I'm going to give you high marks for dribbling, 88. Um, <laughs> strength. 80-something, 80 85, and pace 72. I learned it all from two coaches in my youth career, how to be physical in that way that's just barely not, like, illegal. Yeah, no, no but it's the perfect uh, the perfect. One of whom is Derek right. Etienne Jr.'s uncle. He taught me that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it the other Derek or Daryl? Daryl. 
Okay. Oh yeah, because he's Derek Etienne Jr. I yeah. could have figured that out if I was Sherlock Holmes. You could have. You could have, <laughs> if you were Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> um, we don't know any of the other categories, I apologise. Nah. Um, David Morales. Okay, keep going, keep going. Keep going, keep going. We Patrick, are Patrick Delaney asked the about outskirts of Baltimore. But oh, are we really? still, still very outskirts. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, we're by uh, the airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Delaney asked, uh, will we be able to do anything in Boston? We probably won't. Boston or Baltimore? Uh, sorry, Baltimore. Gotcha. We'll we be able to do anything in Baltimore. We I, I, we oh, do. no. Okay, sorry, I've completely messed this up. Gotcha. Patrick Delaney, during your time in Boston, mm-hmm. this is for me because I'm going to Boston for the medical treatment. Gotcha. Have you been able to enjoy anything the city has to offer besides our hospitals? All right, let me take this. When I got this Okay I don't really have this one I'm just going to keep doing that Every time it's specifically A question for you Go ahead Um, So I've kind of Fallen into a pattern Of neighbourhoods So I usually stay in Beacon Hill Mm -hmm. Because there's some Hospital accommodation there That's nice and affordable Um, They have a great Pizza place called Florini Mm -hmm. uh, Which I always Always go to And a thing that I Always do Is go to um, The AMC 19 Boston Common Theatre Go see a film I go and like Solo Solo watch a film Um they have Tate. Do you know that? Tate? I think it's a re- regional chain that does sort of like a, It's like a coffee shop and a... Mass and a, Hall Mate? No. It's like a bakery, patisserie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got like a French feel to it. Okay. Uh, so I've been going there a lot. What else? I went out to... I want to say it's called Somerville uh, to a comedy club. I can't remember what it's called. Maybe something improv. Um, and saw a comedy show. So yeah, I've been, I've been doing stuff as the show answer. <laughs> <laughs> And you do movies, right? Did you already see that one? Yeah, I've got some movies. I'm trying yeah. to turn my phone back on. At the AMC 19, Boston mm-hmm. Common. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> um, okay, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Hoffman FC, again. Oh, this is a second question from Hoffman FC, but it's a good one. What is your favorite book, non-sucker? Ooh. Uh, I, I've, in terms of books I've read the most, it might be Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, I've, re- I've reread that. I've read that several times. That's up there. I don't know, what about you? As I think about this a little bit longer. Uh, Murakami is an author I love a lot. And one of my favorite books in that I went back and reread it quite soon after reading it was Kafka on the Shore. It's got this weird... I don't know if you've ever read any Murakami. No. It's got this weird feeling to it where you... I am not learned. You sort of understand what's going on, but you don't fully understand. But for some reason, it's okay. You know what I mean? Because I hate that feeling of being confused. That's the only author where I can be confused about what's going on and feel okay with it. I think it's just because I trust him in some weird way. So yeah, that's that's a book I really love. All right, that's that's very artsy and fancy. I like it. Uh, um, oh, conversely, oh, did you answer? You didn't answer. Uh, I said Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and then I I have uh, two writers I really like. I like Cormac McCarthy a lot. I really enjoyed all the Pretty Horses. I've read like four of his books. That might be my favorite. I've tried Blood Meridian a lot. Can't get into it. Uh, and then Dennis Lehane. You know, I like Dennis Lehane. Oh, of course, well. yes, yes. All right, the worst soccer account, which is a great Twitter name. Top three bands slash performers. Uh, oh boy Like right now? Let's, let's say yes uh, What are you listening to right now? Like if you were going to just Pull out like pull right, out okay, Spotify Right, right now if I'm going I mean Idols I think I've tweeted about them Yes Recently I'm pretty big into Idols right now I really like Both their music And everything they stand for Yeah uh, You can find a great interview With their lead singer That will tell you more about that uh, never, I re- never fight a man with a perm Is the best song. Oh my god It's so good <laughs> uh, I have gotten I've been into Aesop Rocky Only recently have I gotten Into Aesop Ferg uh, Aesop Ferg is real real good I didn't I thought it was just all Rocky And then like a little bit Of other people But Aesop Ferg is real solid uh, I bought Lizzo Her record oh, uh, yeah. this, Her new one This weekend uh, I'm enjoying Lizzo Quite a bit Yeah <laughs> Because uh, I Love You She can I was like I didn't know if she could actually sing Because I had like Only heard that song And I bought the record She can sing She gets pipes She's that, real good Is that three? 
Yes, but I will keep thinking because there's many, many others. All right. So uh, I mentioned Billy Bragg earlier. Mm-hmm. I went to see him while I was home recently. Mm-hmm. What? When was I home? November, December. Um, seeing him live was absolutely incredible. I love the sort of uh, sense of humor in his songs. Yeah. Uh, and I love the sort of storytellingness of his songs. Mountain Goat's the same. It's kind of a. It's less political, but it's more of a. Um, like storytelling or little snapshots of life yeah. from Mountain Goats, uh, which I think I really, really like. And then, oddly, um, Los Campesinos. Do you know this band? I, I feel like I do, but only because I've heard you talk about them. Yeah, so I found out about them because a Total Soccer Show listener tweeted, I just found this podcast. I really like it. It reminds me of Los Campesinos. Right? So, <laughs> I, went, right. so I thought, oh, that's interesting. I went and found Los Campesinos and listened to them. And they're this, like, really, like, they're a band that's, like, really tight but sound shambolic if you know what I mean like, yeah. you know they know what they're doing yeah. but they're also but they're deliberately uh, deliberately loose even though they're tight yeah you know that makes saying? sense yes I know exactly yeah and they're, they're one of those bands that's not they're not so big that they're making loads of money I've seen loads of interviews with the lead singer and songwriter who essentially has a full time job uh, but then we'll just he's found some job where they'll give him months and months off or like a month off and Los Campesinos will go and tour mm-hmm. and then he'll go back to his full time job and they've been going like that for like 10 years that's pretty solid yeah alright okay I can get on that um, and then longer term like older bands or like like in terms of like favorite bands overall uh, I remain partial to the Kinks I love the Kinks quite a bit uh, and then in terms of like 70s bands probably Stones would be up there for me as well ooh I'd go Beatles over Stones that's fair. I think I only go stones to a certain point, and then I'm like, no, nah, I'm done with you guys now. You don't exist anymore. But, but it's like it's it's one of those arguments not worth having, right? What, just stones versus Beatles. Yeah, just listen to them both. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. With me. I'm oh, I'm also that. growing up. I was an Oasis guy, and I've still got a very soft spot for the early Oasis. Albums. I will say this: like having, we don't want to get into this too much, but I will say I will readily concede that the Beatles are more influential and probably more original than the Rolling Stones. Stones definitely took a lot of like soul and blues from American musicians and kind of took that thematically. I think Beatles did a lot more original stuff or stuff that was inspired by their own experiences and journeys. All right, no argument for me. Eric O'Rourke asks, what travel drinks are in your cup holders and do you have a bag of snacks? Uh, it looks like what, coffee and water is what we've got there. I've got Coke Zero and a diet um, peach iced tea. Oh, and a lime seltzer that Taylor very kindly bought me. Oh, I have that lime seltzer too. So I have a coffee and a lime seltzer. Do we have any snacks? Uh, I don't think we got any snacks. No. Interesting. Oh, because yeah. we stopped at either Wawa or Sheets, right? Yes. We got uh, sandwiches and, for me, a cheese Danish. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robert asks... Every we, we, na- by the way, we may need to be coming to an end because my phone is dead and not charging and I don't know where I'm going. So uh, okay. we, maybe a couple more questions. Okay, a couple we'll more. You, let me know when we have to turn it off. Sure. Right. Every now and then you both mention that you listen to the Football Ramble podcast. Yeah. What do you think of the hosts, Marcus Speller, Jim Campbell, Luke Moore, and Pete Donaldson? Uh, I will say that I'm a little biased here because uh, I stayed with Luke Moore when my wife and I were in London. Uh, I was a stranger to him. He'd been on the show a couple times at that point. We never met in person, but he put me up. So I have a lot of love for Luke Moore. Luke is a wonderful fella. Uh, I've never met or spoken to the other three. I think the Cooligans have. Uh, so, but they said they were uh, lovely gentlemen. I think Marcus Speller is a, is a very very good host. He has kind of all of the qualities I think you look for in that he's very charming but smart uh, but can kind of doesn't really involve himself too much in the conversations and I think does a really good job of keeping things moving Uh, and so I have always found myself migrating towards Luke and Marcus 
no disrespect to Jim and Pete. I, because he's not, he's not really asking you to choose your favorite one. But I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, what I, what I enjoy about that show or who I enjoy more than others. That's okay. What I'd say. Yeah. So I would say the Football Ramble is kind of the, the British model of what we would like to be, right? Um, I don't want to say we're the American Football Ramble because I mm. think they're bigger. Yeah. They're in a bigger media market. They've been at it longer. But this is true. But they've also done really, really well for themselves. That's true. And I think if we were going to, like, look at someone's business plan... Um, and try and try and uh, go for the same thing. I mm-hmm. think the football ramble would be the uh, the model to follow. Yes. Yeah. This is not legally obligating. We don't have the money. <laughs> um, all right. Finalish question then maybe mm-hmm. comes from Jordan. What went into the decision to partner with the Athletic? I remember the last time you had an AMA, AMA episode, you talked about how proud you were of TSS's independence, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering what factored into moving away from that. I guess we kind of answered this with Greyhead Gaming's question, right? Yeah, I mean, essentially they gave us... Uh, we love that ad agency that we were with, but they gave us uh, some reasons to consider other options. Uh, and then we were given kind of uh, guarantees that we would continue to be able to do the show we want to do. So it, it made a lot of sense for us. And then I think long-term, we may try to launch some more shows. We'll see if, if we can do those with The Athletic or independently. But it felt like it gave us a lot of flexibility and freedom that we were looking for in that moment. Time for one more? Or no? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Jerry, oh, I'm glad you said yes. Jerry Wodeski oh we'll see asks, if I am. How did you guys initially meet and get to know Ryan Bailey? We met through George, right? Because we, yes. we were doing uh, Goldmouth together, uh, which is one of those shows that like, I think we would both be okay if it came back. It just has to be the right circumstances, and yep. maybe that's what the athletic will be. Uh, but yeah, George uh, approached us about the possibility of doing a daily sort of quick rundown of the news uh, of, of the soccer news and he had uh, Brooks Peck whom we love uh, as one of the possible people and then it became Ryan I think was the fifth yeah. and that so was Brooks, how we got to know him Brooks and Ryan are friends and they used to yeah. co-host the Dirty Tackle podcast right? right so that's how we got to know Ryan was working on Goldmouth mm-hmm. yeah. and we're very glad that we still did. haven't met him in person yeah that's weird right yeah. I, he's the person he's the person I most feel like I've met without meeting yeah turn this car around get us to Charlotte Bells might be the other one, <laughs> but I've, oh, talked, yes. I've talked to Ryan way more than I've talked to Bells, but I've never met Bells in person. Either. Okay. Yeah. And listen to the Scuff podcast yeah. with Adam Bells. Do right. that. You tell me when we've got to wrap it up, Taylor. I think we got to wrap it up, Daryl, because we, we are in Baltimore and I don't quite know where we're going. Okay. So, yeah. so we've got to close this down so we can yeah. get Google Maps open. Mm-hmm. I'll close by saying thank you to everybody for asking questions. Taylor Rockwell, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today on this very long drive. Yeah, right. Right back at you, buddy. Listeners, thank you for listening and we will talk to you again very soon. 